0: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Say head on over to the Nerdist channel right now, YouTube.com/nerdist. We have a new series that premiered this week, a uh, Realm of LARP, which is a live-action role-playing series. And we're not making fun of LARP; we are supporting LARP because it's awesome. So, YouTube.com/nerdist Realm of LARP. Go over there and check it out. Click subscribe while you're there. Um, that would be really nice. That would be really nice. You know what else is really nice is go to my PC. Continuing to support this podcast, go to my PC by Citrix. You can access your entire Mac or PC on the go wherever you are, right from your iPhone. You can get files, you can edit files, you can resave files, you you can work on the go. Totally convenient. Sets up in minutes, and then you're done, and you have your computer wherever you are. What? Right? What? Go to MyPC.com, go there today. Special 30-day free trial just for Nerdist listeners. If you go to the website, you click the Try It Free button, you enter the promo code NERDIST, and then you download the free app for your iPad or your iPhone. That is it. Go to mypc.com, access your computer files from anywhere, try it free using the promo code NERDIST. And now this episode, who we got today, Katie Levine? We got James Gunn. Nice. Huh? Yeah, he's great. He is great. <laughs> Actually, you were, at this t- you were at this recording, weren't you? No. Oh, I take it back then. No, I wasn't there. We recorded this one without you. Aww. Not that we don't want you there.
1: I just wasn't there. I was busy with all the other shows. I get it
0: some girl complained recently she was like you ramble too much in the beginning and i'm like really three to four minutes for a 75 minute podcast is rambling but i've been talking to you more and more in the intros what she was really saying was fuck you katie <laughs> you're gonna take that you're gonna sit there and take that katie no seems like you're, you're going you're yeah really, probably. pretty easy going mm. pretty mellow yeah all right we'll take it <laughs> uh this is james gunn and uh, james james gunn has a new game coming out it's a, a lot of pop chainsaw uh which you should totally check out it's uh it's girls with chainsaws cutting people up carrying around dudes heads it's fucking awesome
2: yeah i think he talked about it on the indoor kids uh, youtube
0: oh he uh, did he was on yeah. yeah he was on the youtube the indoor kids way to bring it around katie you're more than just an audio engineer producing a 20 podcast and a pretty face katie levine <laughs> you know shit that's going on so uh, james gunn is a, is a good 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 pal of mine super terrific guy and uh, this is a super fun episode so here it is nerds podcast now i'm done rambling Girl who's complained about that before. Sorry. Three to four minutes. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, I'm sorry. nerds Podcast. James Gunn. What episode number? 223. You're the best.
1: Now entering nerdist.com.
0: Almond butter is
1: that's, good. That's, it's really
0: not. And the oil's so good. What you, what, so, really not fat why, like. why is your lunch Red Bull and honey roasted peanuts? We
1: didn't have a lot of time between podcasts. Yes. And I just went to make up This is what I could eat <laughs> on my diet. This is like somewhat reasonable.
0: The, so, but the Red Bull? It's sugar free. Yeah, but yeah, how's that not make your heart explode?
1: Uh my heart hasn't exploded yet. I don't think it's going to.
2: Oh. Yeah, but how much more ca- caffeine's in that than in that? <laughs> this yeah, is just tea. Boom. This oh. is tea. Oh
0: yeah, tea doesn't have caffeine. <laughs> it does have it does have caffeine, but I don't think it's the same as Red Bull. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> I would know if I drank that Red Bull. I would be See, tearing my that fucking that face off. This,
2: this, this is no different from this. You're that's drinking
0: right? the, the coffee. Big, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Full yeah. Cup of Here, you'll have to get closer to the mic. There, that's, that's does this say yeah, You how many, have to get right up on that. Unfortunately, many, sorry. This tell no, you no, you no how problem. How much caffeine's in it? No, I don't think it they tell you how much caffeine. Yeah, eighty in, milligrams. Oh, eighty milligrams
1: of caffeine, which is what thirty-six in a cup of coffee, like a regular six-ounce cup of coffee. So it's like two... it's like a it's like a large it's like a large coffee. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And yeah,
1: only eight. Yeah, yeah. f- I'm working smarter, not harder.
2: Yeah. See, that's my weird thing is I think that I drink three cups of coffee a day, right? Yeah. But my three cups are sometimes three cups from my machine at home, which makes about coffee cups about with yeah. this much coffee. Huge. Yeah. And sometimes it's two of those, like and then one of these, which yeah. is easily one of those three. Well, here's my, but in my head. It's got to be
1: three. In the morning when I get here, we usually have the uh, pre-show meeting for attack. Uh, at 10 a.m., and then right after that, I walk out the door, go to Starbucks, and get a Venti Americano. Oh, my God. That's at least, that's, and I have at least that's two of those That's 20 ounces, day. right? I have at least two of those a day. It's four shots of espresso <sighs> and water. That's a, that's a lot of caffeine. Yeah. And when I get headaches, it's because
0: I haven't had caffeine. Oh, You're me too. Right? If
2: I don't drink coffee yeah. by like one o'clock in the afternoon, I get deathly ill. I've
0: and been, a, I've been kind of, kind drug you guys I've been, been <laughs> pretty much off the uh, chai lattes for a week. Well, that's good. Or so,
1: there, your, I'm Your just... body thanks you, Mr. <laughs> Milk. Supposedly, coffee,
2: caffeine, and heroin are the two things you are not supposed to quit, uh, Coulter, yeah. because you get so ill from right. quitting it. You're supposed to do it little by little. They should. I'm surprised
0: there aren't uh, more heroin. <laughs> yep. No, I'm 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 actually not surprised. There's a lot of heroin. I'm actually surprised there aren't more places you can go as a caffeine addict, like like a rehab where you go, just lock me up for a week. And make sure I don't bite uh, Bite through the wall. Well, I think... The,
2: but the thing is, is nobody really... Uh, when you do caffeine, it doesn't really cause any big problems in your life. So no. People get sick, though. Do they do quit, get the caffeine withdrawal. I don't think you get, like, the desire to do it again yeah. if you actually quit. Yeah. You know? Like, with cigarettes, you quit, and you're, you've quit for a month, Ugh. and you're still crazy to smoke. Tell me about it. Or uh. weed, or even weed, or anything, <sighs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, Well, those are the crazy. Smell them; they're delightful. Those are the crazy clove, Indian clove cigarettes. Is that what those are? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think they're a product of uh,
0: Indonesia. Okay. Well, everything that comes out of there is uh, right, healthy. Great. Yeah. And they're cigars, Chris. They're not even. They're just filtered cigars. Is that how they get around it? That's
1: how they got around the law. Yeah.
2: I smoke cigars.
1: I do. I smoke cigars as well. I don't I don't do anything with a
2: huge humidor. I have I have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. have a bee, I have like a thousand. What do you like about them? Stores. Is yeah. it the,
0: is it the therapeutic aspect of like just sitting and puffing on a thing or oh, do you actually great. like the way they they're taste?
2: They're great. Um, I, I It's a little bit of everything. I mean, I do like the relaxation. You know, mm-hmm. my buddy and I, were getting together at night to smoke cigars. And for some reason, if it's just two guys getting together to hang out, it seems a little gay to me. Yeah. But when you smoke cigars, it becomes
0: instantly very much. Is yep. it cool if you... When you ju- put dicks in your mouth, it's way
2: more much. Is modular. it cool if you're... It is. <laughs> yes. Then we afterwards, we suck each other's
0: balls. Yeah, I mean, is it's it's it wrong for two guys to get together and just give each other friend handjobs? FHJs. No, no. See, no, no, that's no. fine. I just consider I consider that another person stranger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> another person exactly. Stranger. It's the a- same as, an AP stranger. It's the same. That's an A P stranger. It's the same as giving like a shoulder massage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But there's just a goal. Yeah. There's just a goal at the I end. I got
2: the greatest massage by my friend. Are we recording? This? Wait. Yeah. No, no, no. We haven't started recording yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've smoked cigars since I was sixteen. Really? Yeah, because I worked at a what do you, what do you at smoke? a pharmacy. Uh, I smoke Monte Cristos a lot. Oh, you probably at a pharmacy. Ones? You smoke those prescription the, uh, cigars, White
2: label? I would have brought you something. I just got a. Uh, oh, so not Cuban monies. Well, the
1: Cubans I get, I can occasionally. I would have brought you one. I just
2: got a new limited edition uh, Manny Edmundo. Isn't that illegal, amazing. you guys? Oh shit! Really? Aren't those illegal? Eh, it's not so much anymore
0: because of the. the you know, most of
2: Cuban cigars in the world are sold in the
1: United States.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then how they are they really?
2: I mean, it's again. Well, they should All you gotta do is go
0: shit. online.
1: Yeah. And you can get anything.
2: Yeah, because you, you get them through Switzerland. So there's all these Swiss shops
1: set up that have, like... They don't know. have the same problems and with also, Cuba that friends, America had. Yeah, <laughs> When my friends go on cruises, they tend to bring me back some. They oh,
0: yeah. yeah, no, I just don't think I can... I do keep having the weird recurring dream where I'm drinking and smoking again, though. Yeah. Yeah. My how, and how, it's been. Do you,
2: do you not drink?
0: No, I don't do anything. I don't. I don't. The
2: only thing I do is cigars and caffeine. But For I me, don't drink. I don't do drugs. The only
0: smoking. thing. The only thing I did was chai lattes, and I just kind of gave those up. So now it's just me and What's green. What's your advice, Chris? Let's get advice. Besides working too much, <laughs> I think. I think I'm gonna have to work. It's sort of like how when you shift your attributes in a game, I'm. I've taken out of the chai latte <laughs> uh, attribute, and I've put ten percent more into work. So I think that's how I think that's that's
1: good. (laughs) Well, your work is now at 200 percent. It's now 200 percent.
0: I'm starting to get those compounded like in Skyrim where you're like, oh, I have this ring that uh, it's 10 percent. And then I have, you know, that I have a helmet that gives me another 15 percent. And then I have uh, so it's like it's all compounded for me. But speaking of games, lollipop chainsaw. Yeah. When's that coming out? June 12th. June 12th. States. Yeah. In the United 15 States, 15 else. Uh, I've been. We were talking. I remember talking to you about that ages ago. I think maybe was it even last E three? Maybe we were talking about it a little bit. Um, boy, like on air or off air? Just off air, maybe that you were doing it or that it was no, going to you know, happen.
2: Where, where were we? Oh, South by South. Where I met you at South by Southwest. Maybe is that it?
0: That would have been ages ago then. Yeah, I like think you, I was already
2: doing it. I mean, I've been doing it for two years. Oh my so, god! Uh, like,
0: yeah, I mean it's.
2: So, so what's the process for
0: you? Like, what's just for most people who don't know the the, the game development process? How how does how does it work from Are your end? Are we recording now? Yeah, now this. Now okay. We're
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did I say anything terrible? Um, just the, three or four things. The, the process for me is that you know this, you know Warner Brothers came to me. They had a concept um, developed by this guy Suda Fifty One, who's like the rock star of uh, Japanese gaming designers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, I thought it was amazing. You know, it was, it was basically at that point, it was this unnamed character who had a chainsaw. She was a sexy cheerleader and she cut up zombies and a combination of gore and these rainbow hearts came out Mm -hmm. and it was just aesthetically like right up my alley. It was so unique. And, um, and so I was, I was, I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'd always wanted to be involved in, in, in uh, making a game because I love playing games. I spend way more time playing games than I do watching movies or <laughs> maybe I spend as much time watching TV. But uh, yeah, and so then they hired me and then I helped to create the characters. You write the script and um, the script is much, much different than it is when you do a, a screenplay. When you do a screenplay, it's, you know, a, you know, 100 pages, 115 pages. And this thing is like a thousand pages. You know how I know
1: video games are better than movies? Mm. You get bummed out when it's only eight hours. You're like, oh, yeah. it was only an eight hour
2: game. That was very short, right? right. And but in if there's movie. an eight hour
1: movie, go fuck yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm waiting for it to end. <laughs> so half, do you, do you, half the time, I'm in an hour and a half movie, and I just can't wait for it to end. Do you have
0: to write like ten it. different endings and ten different storylines? No, lines? because this one has a, a
2: basic. I started off on a little bit more of a simple game. I'd like to do that kind of game next, but yeah. this is uh this is it's it's basically this isn't an open world game. It's it's a straight through one storyline. Okay, but. Within that, there's a million little different ways you can go. For instance, there'll be like um, Juliet Starling, who's the main character, will have to save a college student from a zombie who's about to be attacked in the corner of a high school. And she go, or you know, I guess a college student in a college. Yeah, maybe she, he was picking up some girls. Yeah, yeah. So he goes she goes over to save the student and maybe she saves him or maybe she doesn't. So if she saves him then I have to write 30 lines of him thanking her or saying whatever as he's running away. And if he doesn't save her then I have to write 30 lines
0: of him as he's okay. dying. Okay, so when you're writing a film script, it's basically an outline. When you're writing a video game, you have a flow chart. It's
2: it is a, it's, a, it's done on Excel spreadsheets. That's how <laughs> oh, the Jesus screenplay Christ. is written, which was really odd to me, you know? I mean, the whole thing is very odd, and it's it's uh, the way you record it is, is crazy, because I also directed all the actors in the game, because we have all these awesome people like Michael Rosenbaum, who was oh, yeah. Lex Luthor on Smallville, and... Tara Strong, who was My Little Pony, and the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, Tara Girls. Strong's a huge she's, voiceover she's, actress. Yeah, she's like, a Juliet. Awesome. She's amazing. The two of them are basically like the Abbott and Costello of the game, because Michael plays her uh, disembodied head of a boyfriend who she carries around with him. Nice. And um, But I had to record all their lines separately. So I record all his lines, and then I record all her lines. And it's it's very strange, because the first time I put them together, I realized that... There, tonally, there were differences between the way Tara was performing and the way Michael's was performing. And I had to bring them back in. I mean, they had a lot of days to come in. And that was after just the first day. But I had to bring them back in and, and you know, re-record them to do, uh, make them fit in the same game. So I
0: hope little. you blamed it on them, though, to just sort of keep them down a little bit. Yeah, As Rosenbaum, actors, you kind of have to. It's
2: because Rosenbaum's a piece of shit. So.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, look at him. Wait, I have a great Michael Rosenbaum story. What is it? I, I was dating a girl years and years and years ago that guested on a sitcom that he was on with Selma Blair. Yeah. Uh, it was called Zoe Duncan Jack and Jane. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was like oh, um, yeah. a a WB show. I, I think. remember
2: that. I never saw the show, but I remember <laughs> yeah removed.
0: Rosenbaum. I don't know. Maybe he's a totally nice guy now. But <laughs> but as a young fellow, was <laughs> oh, <no>. so like <laughs> like Turbo Hollywood guy Where he was in the parking lot Shouting across to someone else Yeah I can't hang out with you guys I gotta go meet with this fucking cocksucker Whatever Brian Graydon or whatever I don't know what the fuck his name is And you are like First of all, you know who the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah Brian Graydon. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: that, that actually does sound like. Do you Rosenbaum's- really need to shout that across the parking lot? <laughs> he, if he was being funny, then it was funny.
2: Rosenbaum is a, lot, a loud guy. He lives on the edge between being funny and that actually being him. <laughs> um, but you know, those are some of the best people, and he's he's actually a great guy. One of the reasons I love Rosenbaum is because when I when I first uh, split from my my ex wife. I started hanging out with a bunch of single guys who were kind of dicks. Yeah. And um, guys are
0: dicks, to be honest. Guys are so
2: dicky. And it was like people that I had been friends with for a while, but I had never seen that side of them. And listen, I like women. I date a lot of women. I, you know, I like to have fun, but I don't like, there's a thing that some guys do where they just, I don't know, calling them bitches is the first sign that so the, the,
0: it's it's that. It's that hardcore, like, okay, now we're in a pack of males. Let's just be gross and objectify and be awful and yeah. t- and talk about people as less than human beings. I, I fucking, I don't, I, I don't hang out with guys For that very reason, like, I just don't hang, I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and
2: I didn't, I really, I didn't know, I I didn't know where I fit, because most of my friends were in relationships at that time, and Rosenbaum and I shared a plane flight back from Vancouver. And we became, we sat next to each other in the plane. We had met each other once before, and we became really good friends. And he was a guy; he dates a lot. He's what he, Rosen. In fact, when I date a new girl now, one of the first questions I have to ask her is, "Have you dated Rosenbaum?" Because it has happened at least three times <laughs> oh, that no. the answer has been. And I'm like, and then the next question is, "Did you sleep with him?" Because if you slept with him, then I don't really want to, you know. Yeah, it's weird. But, but. He was—he was basically a nice person, and he's a person who has friends who he's had around him for a long time, like I do. A lot of my friends I've had for you know since I was a kid. I'm still friends with the same people, and it's—it's it's rare to find those people in Hollywood, especially people with some success who keep friends for a long time, yeah. who are you know respectful, who like to have a good time, who are you know crazy in certain ways, but just have a soul. Sure. And uh, and so Rosie and I became really, really close friends at that time. He's one of my best friends in the world. Oh,
0: were you talking about Rosie O'Donnell? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie t- it to eat. Talks everyone. about Let's girls talk about like bitches. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I just haven't hung out with him. I mean I never hung out with him, but that was my only experience with him. I'm like, ah,
2: what a weird yeah, yeah, what a weird yeah. thing. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, how, how long ago was that?
0: Uh, I mean, we right. were kids. You know? I mean, like, like, like if you would have seen the things I he did. Was, he was probably, like 20, like, 20 years old or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the things I did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I think back to all the stuff I did when I first moved. I remember going to Cannes film festival and I met Mike Judge for you know 2 minutes he came into the trauma office it was when I was working at trauma and I went and I wrote him this like long letter of uh. you know uh you know I think that you know I mean it was just like I was a huge fan and I I wrote him this long letter like hoping that he would like call me cuz we hit it off and like we could, like, Did work connect, together on connect something. With he, like, yeah, well, I don't know
0: what No I, one has the moxie to just sit down and write yeah, a write yeah. letter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now I get all those types of letters all the time. I'm like, oh... <laughs> it's it's uh, so you and Mike Judge did not become best friends. We did not become
2: best friends. He was a super sweet guy, but yeah, but he never called me. I slipped, <laughs> so I gave the note to his assistant or slipped it under his door or something. <laughs> I door. mean, I did a million pathetic things like that when I first came to town. I guess it's not that bad, but I think back on it. I think of it myself as pathetic.
0: Well, but there's a certain, you know, what's interesting is that the way that this, the way the business works defies a certain amount of common sense and logic. And so, you know, listen, logically, it makes sense if you're an actor to put your headshot on business cards and right. hand them out. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> that's what you would do with a normal job is hand out your business card to people and give them your resume. Yeah. Uh, but it just because of the way the business works, when you see that, you're like,
2: every really. time I do a signing, I come home with a stack of business cards, um, you know, movies that people have made, you know, screenplays I won't
0: accept. But, oh, you like, can't legally. Like, yeah. you don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble for. I, yeah. I got sued once. for... That's the thing is when I think I want people to understand that when they hand you a script and you don't read it, they're like, "That guy's a fucking dick." Yeah. It's like no, because if you make anything and they feel like that crosses over their story, they will sue you, and then yeah. your production falls I apart. I got
2: sued uh, about you know maybe six or seven years ago. Um, I was at UTA and I sold a pitch for a screenplay, which is like, since that this time the story has been told a million different ways and i sold a pitch for a screenplay called the newlyweds and the basic idea of it was it was a romantic comedy um where uh, a girl is about to get married to one dude and she gets wasted at her bachelorette party in an indian reservation and she gets married to her ex con boyfriend her ex boyfriend and she wakes up the next morning he he's blacked out and he leaves thinking he's doing her a favor and she has to track him down to try to you know get uh, old, you know, the marriage mm, and yeah. old before she gets married to the other guy. And, um, I, I sold that pitch, it came out in all the trades that I had sold to Warner Brothers. It was a good deal. It was part of another, I, I had another picture attached to it. Actually, this was a long time ago because that second picture was Scooby Doo. So this was oh, shit. 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, and at that time, all of a sudden, a few weeks later, I got a call from a lawyer that said I was being sued along with UTA because somebody had sent in a script called, I'll say it, it's called Wayne Newton Ruined My Life to UTA, and, um, and that premise had a similar premise, premise to my premise, and what that guy thought happened was that they gave him, you know, my agent that screenplay, my agent read it and said, hey, this is great, but I know a writer who gets paid a lot more to sell this idea, so I'm going to give oh, this idea right. to him, and then he's going to go pitch it. Well, right away... I was able to prove I had like correspondence emails with my brother who I check out on everything with, emails with my manager going back for like a year mm-hmm. about the premise. So I had proof that I'd come up with it far before it was ever sent to UTA. Um, and so after a while that the suit was dropped. But the weird thing is, and I, and I can't prove that it was the guy that wrote the script, but somebody like started they they they, wrote, they did do an interview where they said they were ripped off with ideas. And then somebody was like doing AOL uh, email addresses. They kept changing their name to like screwed by you at AOL.com. Oh Jesus. And for years sending me emails saying, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, that I had ripped them off. Right. And I mean, that's the only person
0: that wow. I know who's I I am I have a freakish phobia about that of being falsely accused of something. Yeah. And then and then having that moment where like but, but I didn't. I really didn't. And then, but then, no one believes me. Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. that. I have that. Recurring no, I. Nightmare. Me too. I. Yeah. That that shows up, and I see that in movies. It
2: always freaks me out. The other, the other weird guy on the internet, which is even crazier. This guy's nuts. He makes little, and I shouldn't really bring him up because he's like s- sort of a stalker. But whatever the case, this guy uh, writes me messages all the time saying that I owe him two hundred million dollars for Dawn of the Dead because I secretly recorded his life with cameras and recording devices and based the script for Dawn of the Dead on his life.
0: Well, when you watch Dawn of the when the, when you watch the Dawn of the Dead remake, <laughs> you can clearly see that it is a documentary of a thing that I actually mean, the guy happens. Has been them, to <laughs> them all, I know. Uh, yeah, and
2: he makes little movies about me and how I'm a part of the Illuminati, and he shows like uh, you know directions to where my old offices were and he, all this different. He, stuff. he had it's to crazy. shoot
0: a newborn zombie baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What, what, what life has he lived? Did we talk about this before? I think I feel like I had this conversation with Steve Niles about that. There there was a comic that was all about a zo- like a sentient zombie that sort of um, uh, that kind of masters over like all of the mindless zombies. Is there is there a story like that like somewhere? The Borg Queen. Well, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Sort of, but where it's the same kind of. It's sort of that blade story of like. And then when the mother was pregnant, she got bitten. Yeah. And then so the baby yeah, was a hybrid. There, that does sound
2: similar, familiar, but I'm not sure what. Yeah, I don't know what. I'm that's.
0: actually surprised that no one has had, no one has really done the, the you know like the sense. I mean, I've I've seen it. I've seen it in stories where they they sort of touch upon the fact like oh the the these these creatures might have a little more awareness than just being kind of brain dead you like know like in
2: land of the dead or 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 like... i hate that guy in land of the dead though <laughs> i hate like what the nice zombie we're supposed to have compassion for did you see fido? i know i never saw fido, fido was a fun yeah yeah i have heard that movie's good i really want to see it that, was that really, sounds it's... different
0: the cons totally the different. Concept well that's a comedy is one of that. that that's a comedy but in
2: in land of the dead that guy that all of a sudden is like the good zombie it's just
0: i don't know man (laughs) you don't want to do you know a bunch of good zombies what you should just do like good zombies like yeah hey no one's speaking up for the zombies (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah.
2: that's right it could be that's actually you know it could be people who die who are assholes and they come back as zombies and they're really sweet and they like do things like like pet cemetery it really it
0: really they just like it it unlocked that certain part of their brain they can never access in life like whatever the sort of Degenerative chemical process that happens, yeah, and so then they actually just become really cool. You know,
2: movies where good things happen are always so successful that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like I you know make a movie where like someone's cancer is cured, like in the first five minutes. Oh, that's great! And, and the then, rest of them is just living just a they're great just life. hanging out.
1: These are great
0: movies. They're just hanging out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> call it ninety ten instead of fifty fifty. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> do you do you, do you feel like uh, do, when you're when you're writing a script, do you do you just sort of start with a plain idea and then go? All right, now, how much can I fuck these people up?
2: (laughs) I, You know, I I changed how I write a script every single time I do it. But, you know, the one thing, like, thinking of Dawn of the Dead, which was one of the most fun times I ever had writing a script... uh, was I just I, I went kind of this I just read, read that Stephen King book on writing mm-hmm. which I think is a great book for anybody who's a writer to read it's fantastic um, but you know I actually wrote it as I was writing it I didn't outline it usually I outline but I wrote it and I just the idea of putting a bunch of characters in this awful situation where they're in this mall surrounded by zombies and then logically trying to figure out how would I actually try to get out of there yeah. and trying to take these different routes and keep going and then you get Cut off yeah. different passes, and that was a really fun way to write. I mean, it was had a very specific type of premise in that. That
0: I think there's a lot of success stories to be learned from zombies because they always find a way. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're very driven. Life, they are. Uh, they are. Life finds a way. It's sort of like it's sort of like playing it's sort of like playing blackjack. It's like the house is going to draw to twenty one more times than you are. Yeah, because that's just the way it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're,
2: they're so they and, and yet they're so stupid. At the, but are they? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, they are.
2: I mean, that's you know, on the Walking Dead, which I love, as you know. Yeah. Um, the one thing I really keep, I, I have a hard time with on that show is, you know, when they were on the farm, I'm like. Dude, what are you going to spend your time doing besides creating like walls and barbed wire? And I mean, I wouldn't do anything else but that if I was under attack by zombies. True. It's like that logical stuff. Or like the fact that they have the blood on them. I think we talked about this on The Talking Dead. You know, in the first episode or whatever, second episode, where they put the blood on them and walk through the crowd. I mean, I'd be wearing zombie blood. I mean, I'd be wearing human, what, zombie blood. I'd be wearing zombie blood
0: all the time. Anytime I went out into town. I mean, you could really you could start a viable business selling zombie blood on the internet <laughs> yeah. to people. I, I think mean, I think with the farm, though, a lot of that had to do with um, Herschel's denial about what was going on. Yeah, but the other people, I mean, even outside of that, I mean, come on. But they didn't Herschel wouldn't let him. Nice. He wouldn't he wouldn't let he was he was in denial until the very end about what was going on. Walking dead apologist. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <The>, uh, <laughs> I thought about all that sense. I love I've thought the show about but I mean man too. I
2: really I just would do nothing but like try to figure out how to live like you know anything you know you gotta protect yourself
0: why there was oh man this is probably a bad thing to bring up because I can't remember what the example was, but there was I was just thinking of a sci. Oh, it was. Uh, I was just thinking of True Blood. True Blood is a show that I watch. It's a it's it's the soap operaist of shows.
2: Yeah, I don't watch True Blood, but
0: yeah. But I and it's very silly, and I think that's part of why why I like it. But there there's a thing in this. There's there's this sort of there's so many contradictions in the lore of the show. That, you know, people get addicted to vampire blood, and it's like a drug, like a hallucinogenic yep. drug, and they yep. get really addicted to it. But the other thing is that if you're injured, a vampire can just open a vein in your mouth and you just heal. And I'm like, well, wait. So if you take a droplet of it, it's like yeah. LSD, but you can drink a gallon of it, and then it would cure everything? Well, yeah. why aren't they just harvesting vampire blood to cure all the problems? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting into maybe that's maybe I'm overthinking it. Yep, maybe no. maybe I'm overthinking. No, it. I don't.
2: I like you know rules have got to stay rules. Because you I'm can big sus-
0: believer in rules in movies. I mean, I I notice that stuff. It drives me crazy. Because you can suspend your disbelief that okay, this is their universe, but within that universe, there are a certain there's a certain number of if then's that you have to follow in order to make sure that the universe stays intact. Yeah. Uh, or at least that it that that everything just couldn't be solved instantly and like, well, why is this even a story anymore? Yeah,
2: I do notice though that if if I love something enough, I'm willing to put up with giant plot holes. Like of I course. remember going to see Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which to me is like the best summer movie I have seen in 3
0: years probably. Caesar is home. What? Yeah. <laughs> Caesar is home. <laughs> Oh, they're going to smart. Made
2: me cry throughout yeah. the whole thing, and there were so many plot holes in that movie. But I'm like, I don't care. Like my mind is so all fun. drugged up by the awesomeness that it doesn't bother me. But I'll go see something in which I, you know, I don't like the movie, and the plot holes drive me crazy. Like I just can't stand
0: watching. So it's like
1: Transformers: it's, Dark it's, of the Moon. It's sort of yeah, like it's yeah. sort
0: of like dating someone who's slightly crazy. We're like, well. You know they. That sh- makes them she, she shoplifts, but I mean, that's <laughs> a like... fun. She's fun. Yeah, you like, know, what it's I'm... one thing that makes her human. Yeah. She's so pretty, and yeah. then she just like well, I think with I think with the rise of the Planet of the Apes, the big one was like, where did ten thousand apes come from in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten
2: 000, Oh my God! And then Caesar. How old is Caesar supposed to be? And he's changing. And then they've been together for a long, a long.
0: Well, it was just crazy. But and it was still so stuff. much fun to watch that you don't really care. Oh my God! And I guess great. that's how you know like no <laughs> that's how you know if a movie is like really good is if you'll go all right fine I don't care I know. you know what and I just I really think
2: like there's only been a couple times that I've over the past few years that I've walked out of like a movie especially these summer movies with like that high feeling that I had when I was a kid that was one of them the Avengers
0: was another sure and I'm like oh man I just feel happy right now it's uh it's rare it's a real challenge too especially because you know people are People see everything all of the time now, and we're really the average person is becoming more and more. Like, because I always thought film critics were the worst people to review movies. I'm like, because you see everything, yeah. and you see everything, and your job is to criticize everything. So you're constantly looking for what's shitty about things, and then people, you know, with the sort of with the the, the blogosphere rev- yeah. the, the, with the re- revolution, na- and because of the availability of media at every turn people are now in that position where you know yeah. mo- more more than an average number of people are 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 not just casual the internet has ruined movies so.
2: i mean it really has <laughs> because it's just like any movie you see you go home and you're going to look up you know who is that woman in it or who is this and it's like there's a million opinions that instantly come at you and some of them sink in and it's a basic negativity towards films in general and like when I was a kid and I saw a movie, I'd go see a movie. If it was good, I remembered it, I loved it. If it was not, if it was okay or whatever, I just, just kind of forgot it. Yeah. It's impossible to forget any movie you've ever seen now because it's on the internet all the time. And it's just it's too much, I don't know. It's just too much. The internet, I love the internet. I spend way too much time on there, but also I'm not sure it makes life better at all. It actually probably makes life a little worse.
0: But I I'm so I'm so much more forgiving now of of think of projects when they don't unless a movie is just flat out like start to finish, a, you know, a, a, an abomination. Um, I'm pretty forgiving because I feel like it's it is really hard to get a movie it's made. Hu- it's and not only is it hard to get a movie made, it's hard to navigate the, you know, the studio system to make sure that it retains yeah. a level of quality. And then on top of that, you just have to have a lucky chemistry, or you know, if you're very experienced, you you have the right team. But everyone at every turn has to be. All in sync. It is otherwise. It's the projects. It's very,
2: very hard to make a good movie, and a lot of people go out there and they put their hearts into something. They work their asses off. They have a lot of talent, and the movie still doesn't come out good. And that is, yeah, that is something that you being around the movie business a lot, you see happen all the time. And then there's other movies that you see. And I can't help but be angry about because there does seem to be a a, a certain lack of concern in the overall film, you know, coming from the filmmakers. Or when I hear about a filmmaker who's been on set, a director who's just texting the whole time or playing his, you know, you know, his handheld, you know, computer or whatever and not paying attention or, you know, I had a friend who was a production designer on a big, huge movie and um he was building these giant sets and he kept trying to get the director to come down and look at the sets before they were filming the director's just lazy he's making this you know 150 million dollar movie he didn't come to set Finally, you know, he shows up on the day of to shoot in this headquarters that my friend had built. Sounds like Peter Berg. And <laughs> it's not Peter Berg. <laughs> it shows up in this headquarters that my friend had built, and he sees this elevator and he's like, I don't like that elevator. Can you take it out? He'd been trying to get him to come for weeks. And when uh, I hear about it, that guy had directed like a lower budget movie that had done well, and then he got this big opportunity. And when I hear about a director like that, it just makes me sick to my stomach because there's so many people out there willing to put their hearts into work their asses off and then this yahoo is doing that and it's
0: difficult and so but the other thing is that a movie can fail a movie is it's like a there's a matrix that has to exist like a perfect matrix that has to exist and at any point it can fail yeah and then the entire project falls apart and it can be as simple as like the lighting was weird yeah or or the music was weird or the just the, the the cinematography, or just or the they got a weird note from the studio. Like there's so many things that yeah. can fuck
2: it up. I think about it like you know, with Super, it was when we cast Ellen Page in the role as Bolte, um, because we didn't pay those actors anything. They just got SAG minimum. Uh, Ellen Page didn't audition. <laughs> right. And as we're leading up to the filming, I'm like, I really like Ellen. She's cool. I know she you know understands the role but is she really going to be able to do it? I never have seen her do the role. And then we got on set and it was like, oh, okay, so she gets it, it's going to work. You've
0: nev- you'd never seen her rape a guy up to but that I point. I didn't, so yeah. You didn't she had
2: never, no,
0: I had seen her rape one oh, guy. okay, okay. But okay. that,
2: besides that one time, <laughs> and Berg, that was a violent, <laughs> Disgusting rape. And that so you, time.
0: you didn't know she'd be able to recreate it. I, for I didn't film. know she'd
2: be able to do it in a tender way, like right. how she rapes Rain Wilson <laughs> in super. <laughs> you know, that's more of a loving forced-on rape. Whereas the time when I had seen Ellen Page rape a dude in real life, <laughs> it was a child. First of
0: all, no, no. Okay. I was so, so. I'm going too far. It was so. It was so. <laughs> it was just there was such a weird moment because. You know, Ellen Page just looks like a kid. Yeah. And then so when she comes out and says, I'm all squishy down there, I was like, oh, gushy, gushy. Yeah, gushy. Yeah, i yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, he's going watching. Oh. I, I had so... I mean, we talked about this when you came on the podcast before, but that movie, Super is one of those movies where you don't process the entire film when you're watching it, and it just it just replays in your head, and you, and it sticks with you for a while. Where you're yeah. like, oh, and then that, oh, and then that happened, and I, oh, like I, it's such a crazy emotional. I
2: can't tell you the amount of emails I got from honest friends who saw Super for the first time, and they're like, oh, my God, I saw Super a week ago, and I don't know if I liked it or not, but I can't stop thinking <laughs> about it.
0: Like, <laughs> Do you think that's the mark of when you really, is, is, that, is that the mark of like that's a movie that you really, Love when you can't get it out That's of your brain. That's a movie
2: that I really love. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I really think some movies, like Super, are they're. Disturbing to some people, you know, it fits some people's brains well, and other people's brains it doesn't fit well, and that's what Super was designed to do. Super was designed to be for some people, not for everyone. Yeah. So if it if it fits your brain, that's great, and if it doesn't, that's great too. Some people's brain it more than doesn't fit well; it actually makes them
0: (laughs) sick to their stomach. But see, I think that's a good. I, I think that that philosophy is where is where people I think should be by and large, with whatever they're creating now is you don't have to make something for everybody.
2: But that's a problem with movies today. I mean, especially because there's so little content. I mean, what, Universal's making eight years, eight movies this year, Paramount made nine last year, uh, you know, uh, Disney made three movies last year we're talking about all these companies these studios two of them that, were John Carter <laughs> yeah they used to make you know twenty five thirty movies a year yeah and now there are so films so few films coming out that they're trying to appeal to everyone and and some movies are you know vanilla tastes good when if you like vanilla and I do like vanilla and so a movie like for instance Iron Man or the, the Avengers, those movies really fit everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really fit almost everybody, and they work really well. But most movies like that I don't like. I mean, those have superheroes in them, so I'm sure of course, like yeah. But most movies like that I don't like. But it's almost financially impossible now to make
0: a movie that only appeals to some people, you know? Well, unless, of course, you're—I mean, I, I, I would love to—I'm kind of interested to see, like, what the whole—like, how the business has broken out into Strata and— you know, just the kind of, like, the Netflix model of, like, we'll just make this kind of nichier movie, but just, you know, for this distribution model rather than having to, you know, And support. I think that
2: works really well for TV, but when you're talking about making a movie that costs more than a million or two million dollars, it's almost impossible to make money that way. Because, you know, a really huge VOD movie makes, you know, four or five million dollars mm-hmm. at the most. So it's, it's, it's really hard, you know, that's why, but that's why all the cool stuff today is happening with TV as far as I'm concerned. I mean, television is so different now and you do get individual voices out there in TV more than you do in movies, something that people would have thought was crazy to hear 15 years ago. But you have all these amazing TV shows on the air and for an audience member, it's working better because... The risk-reward ratio is much different. You, 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 as, an, as a consumer, you can watch a movie and waste two hours of your life because it sucks, or if it's good, then you've got two good hours of whatever you're watching. On a TV show, you watch the first couple episodes. If it sucks, you've lost two hours, but if it's good then you can download maybe 30 40 hours of yeah. the same show when you have all this pleasure in front of you. Yeah. And I know I've gotten sucked into it. I watch mostly TV now. I didn't have a TV for like 10 years when I, you know, first lived in LA, when I lived in New York City and went to grad school, I didn't have a TV. Um, but now it's what I watch. I watch Spartacus. I watch Game of Thrones. I watch Walking Dead. I watch Breaking Bad. But I actually have problems with the, the aspect ratio on my on direct where I live with AMC as well, which is strange. So I have to watch like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead in this like weird stretched out aspect ratio that I just tried fixing on my computer and talked to the people at DirecTV. By the way, this is the the greatest thing about having a large Twitter following. I'm, I know I'm
0: jumping around. No, no, it's fine. Time. It's like, it's it's like it's like having an information genie. <laughs> it's like it well, no, that's no, an have, information where you can you ask have anything. You have access.
2: But anytime a company pisses me off and I
0: and it's I, such a dangerous I say road. Say something about it. Yeah, they like contact me immediately. I know. I I, I got I, my iPad back from um, Virgin
1: America thanks to Twitter.
0: I it, I i just, I've, I figured that out by accident a couple of years ago. It's like it's right when my Twitter feed was kind of blowing up, and I think I had like I don't know fifty thousand followers or something. Right. And uh, I took I just took a guitar to d- Guitar Center to get repaired, and they lost it and oh then they God. weren't they weren't calling me back or whatever so i just made some sort of a comment on there, you know about like hey if you want it, if you want your guitar to get lost take it to guitar center and within 5 minutes i get an email from someone's like hey you know i'm director of digital yeah, for guitar yeah, center yeah, yeah, saw your tweet what's going on they fucking found that guitar repaired it gave it to me free of charge uh within a day yeah and it's but it's a very dangerous because you don't want to it it really like I really do hear Uncle Ben in my head going, There's a great responsibility. You can't rush to the internet every time you're mad and complain. Well, but it's not every time. No, I right. know, it's but it's just but occasional but don't but you can't tell me that you don't feel a little like even if it's just like oh, this dry cleaner overcharged me, I'm gonna fucking ruin it. And then you have to go. Yeah. Okay, now you're just being a well, douchebag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't
2: really. I, I don't, I've I've only done it a few times. But it worked. one of the times was with Directv. <laughs> I got mad at them for not somebody not showing up or something, and I tweeted about it, and they contacted me right away and took care of me. And also, I, I got to say, <laughs> Directv for the most part, besides that one thing, I, I've liked the company. I've liked the company. I mean, they are, they're they they have good people on the phones and all that stuff. So I'm not bitching about DirecTV, but, you know, it does help to have the large sweater. It's
0: hard, especially. Yeah, it's hard. I I, I had I had a row for a while with uh, with Time Warner because they were my Internet service and like my Internet for a period of time was just dropping out every day Uh, and something something was going on and I couldn't you'd call them and they'd go, uh, OK, we can have a technician out there next Friday. when did this happen to you? Oh, this—the um, last time it happened was about six or seven months ago, uh, and then, but what they ended up, you know, what ended up happening was that there was a there was a bad something in the connection point up on the pole, and of course, from the you know, when they sent the technician out the first time, he didn't climb the pole and or whatever. But but the point is, like when you call for customer service and and they'll go, okay, we'll send somebody out in a week and a half, and you're like, My job depends on yeah, me having on internet service. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain My that. My happiness here. depends on looking at and porn. Then, and then yeah, exactly. If I can't go on to you to Red Tube and then and then of course RedTube?
1: what are you, amateur hour? Come and on. then you why what's the FapDU. What? F A P D U. I've never heard Kevin of that. Kevin taught me that one. Okay. Really? It's a con- it's a congregate. It searches everything. <laughs> You ever need it in there? What's, you what's your thing, what you What, what do you I like? Normally like tits, cheerleaders,
2: tits. You yeah. look up tits when you go to look up porn. You put tits in as a search No, no, term? No,
1: no, no, no. I'll, uh, you know, busty, and then you can fill in any noun you'd like. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like. I don't like busty. No. no. What do you go for?
2: I think of you people as mama's boys. Maybe yeah, I am. I, I don't know. Think, Maybe like, I should call my mom. I haven't talked to her. When you're more
1: mom. sophisticated, oh, this you took like, a nice turn. <laughs> you like smaller tits,
2: and except for at a certain point, once they get so small, then you become a pervert, right? <laughs> that's
1: what. That's <laughs> what <laughs> on, it exists on a continuum. <laughs> no, I mean, I just you know, I don't
2: know.
0: I. So I do you just amateur do you, porn, do you, do you, amateur oh, porn so is fantastic. You, so, you, so you probably going? Do you do you go to Gone Wild on Reddit?
1: No, that's the subreddit where people just take amateur. No, I never I never go on there. I, there I always go. go on the main
0: page of Reddit. Well, That's, Gone Wild yeah. this is the subreddit that we're and, and then Lady Boners is the male equivalent on the other end. I huh? think I'm and, the
2: only person that feels guilty if I don't pay for my porn.
0: Because it. Is, but you know why? Because you're an artist who relies on commerce to I would pay for my porn more often
1: if they didn't call me every time to find out if my credit card had been stolen. Really? Yeah. Like oh. whenever I had done that, like when I was eighteen or nineteen,
2: I yeah, that, that's never happened to me. So I think well, you're, you're probably there. buying weird yeah. stuff
0: that I'm not. <laughs> you're going out to those weird truck, those, those converted <laughs> gas stations. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's like the porn business. I mean, we think you know the music business has been hurt the porn business has hurt more than anything. I mean, like, those people, and I have a lot of friends because I did PG porn, so I have all these friends who are, like, porn stars in the porn business, people like Belladonna and Sasha Gray, and those people, like, the amount of money they make compared to what they used to make is, like, nothing. And it's because everyone thinks it's okay to steal porn. Everybody. And the government, who has some interest in, like, protecting filmmakers and, you know, other people who, you know, are considered legitimate artists um they they you know that they, they're willing to help but they do nothing to help the porn industry
0: because of the sort of the moral attachment in their minds right. that they feel exactly. like oh these people are trash and we don't have to help them yeah. and it sucks because the 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 porn industry almost single-handedly drove innovation just in terms of you know uh, just in terms of uh, of of broadband, in terms yeah. of like uh, Blu-ray, and in terms, you know, like like it's going to help robots. Too. All these four, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs>
1: it's already helping robots.
0: <laughs> but I always, I really, you know, again, to w- just back to the earlier point about uh, I I do feel like a douchebag though when I get really cranky when I don't have internet. I'm like I don't have internet, and some part of me knows like, well, this is a first world problem, but the other part of me does feel like yeah, but this is how we exist now. Like I moved.
1: This- I didn't have internet for seventeen days when I moved in February. Yeah, and I figured out thanks to I have my emergency porn on my computer. Oh, you're talking about am, porn. now. I am ready. <laughs> I am ready for my internet to go out. I can jerk off so in no a, in, in a porn pocalyp Earthquake, No good. What I about do you ever prepared. go?
2: Do you ever go pornless? Do you ever jerk off pornless?
1: No. What's the need in that? Oh, see,
2: I
0: don't know. I got a pretty good imagination. I can imagine. I can. <laughs> you know, of, James is a director and a writer. Sick shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I just, uh, I just, feel, I just feel bad. I just imagine people being like, "Oh, so you couldn't get online for a couple of days?" But then I really do feel like, but this, is, but it's my job. Like, it's my job. It, it, like, I can't work if I'm if I'm disconnected. Yeah. Don't you use your iPhone though? Uh, to some degree, but then you know what happened was I went on a road trip uh, uh, for for a couple of weeks. and w- you know, we complain about service in our city. Uh, but like oh, I didn't I couldn't get service on Highland in between. But there is not service in large portions of America right. where you just get out on the open road. Well, there also aren't people. No, this is true. but you're so used to feeling connected at all times. And then you do kind of go back to that place where you go, oh yeah, if my car broke down or I went off the road, uh, no one would find me. Yeah, if someone didn't just happen by and kind of look in this direction because there's no service within I don't ever miles. Go to places like that. You don't try. <laughs> to- <laughs> Not
1: to those types of places. It in metropolitan areas. Uh,
2: yeah, no, it's it's uh, the internet's the, you know. But I the, this first world problems thing. I mean, it's like yeah, it's for we live in the first. <laughs> We live in the first world, so we're going to have first world problems. I mean, everybody in life has dumb problems that aren't the biggest problems in the world, sure. And as long as you aren't excessively whiny to you know to complain or state that you're having a problem with something is not the biggest deal in the world. I blew up on t- <laughs> I lose my temper all the time on Twitter. but like, I lost my temper on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because I said something, you know, and and now now i'm gonna I'm gonna sound so spoiled. <laughs> But <clears throat> I have a lot of clothes, mm-hmm. and I buy a lot of nice clothes, and uh, and I buy a lot of T-shirts, and I like them to fit me the way they fit me, so I don't wash them on hot, mm-hmm. okay? Right. Because then they shrink.
0: This is already going to be good.
2: I took all my best clothes, all my jeans, all my T-shirts, everything I love the most, which is Gonna be, and now here's where the spoil com- part comes in. It's thousands of dollars worth of clothes, right? I put them all in the washing machine and am not thinking and just wash them because oh. <laughs> here comes another first world thing. Because my maid had let it left it on that setting. You pussy. <laughs> that said, at the end of all that, what happens is every article of clothing I love. Not because it's expensive, but because I love it, sure. and it's, I've worn them to special places, and I have attachment, and I think I look good in these clothes.
0: Every article of clothing I love shrunk. Now, that's a weird sort of, uh, that's a weird, <laughs> like a Sex in the City nightmare. Like, oh, my clothes shrunk. And then, yeah. and then some people might go... Oh, what an idiot. But then if you really did that to anyone, they would be fucking bummed. I,
2: I, yeah, yeah. I have to walk around looking like a poor version of the Hulk.
0: And <laughs> sorry, I had another <laughs> I had another blow up last night, you guys. Woke up in a zoo. And so I said something
2: about losing all my clothes online. And I got so many of this, you know, hashtag first world problems responses that I wanted to punch someone in the face because here I am bummed out that I lost all my clothes and people are telling me it's not a problem. And I, I, I lashed out a little bit. I well, lashed out. yeah, because you know
0: that all of those people who were pointing their finger... Like I said, they would have been bummed in the of same course. situation. It doesn't
2: matter if you, uh,
0: like, even though there's all this first worldness surrounding it because of the
2: expensive clothes and the maid and the this and the that, it still comes down to it doesn't matter if you're in Africa. If you have all your favorite clothes ruined in one fell swoop, you're going to be bummed out. Not that all Africans are poor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, poor
0: Africans. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the rich one.
2: Yeah, not the rich th-
0: Fifteen Africans.
2: <laughs> That's what's. The- yeah.
0: Well, I, I, uh, I, I, I. That would be a tough one for me because I would be bummed about that too. But I would be afraid to say anything about it.
2: Oh, I say everything. I don't care. You don't care. Now, you know, people, I, you know, I found on online and I'm fight with people on the Facebook, on Facebook, on the Facebook, on, on the
0: Facebook. <laughs> no, he dropped the, the, uh, hang I fight on, with Dad. people
2: on Facebook all the time. You know, I have, you know, uh, you know, I, I posted some stuff about these anti-vaccination whack jobs on there and yeah. all these different things. and I get in fights all the time. And at first I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I don't, I shouldn't fight with people online. And then I realized that everyone loved, they love going to my Facebook feed and seeing me fight with people. Like it's fun for them. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, what the hell? I'll hang out and I'll fight with people.
0: Yeah, I I, I I, take it all too personally, unfortunately. It's hard for me. It's very hard for me to not internalize stuff and be like, why is this person attacking me for something that's oh, so yeah. st- oh
2: I, would, I take it personally. I just think that people are amused when I take things personally. So why not you know, let my hurt feelings result in someone else's pleasure?
0: I just feel bad because I know that if it's so hard for me to, because it's just going to exist in the stream, like some guy said, uh, some guy said something the other day. It was so. It was like, you know, if you want to listen to a good example of a broadcaster, listen to Howard Stern. If you want to hear the worst broadcaster ever, listen to Nerdist. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say,
1: like, you know what? I, I'm sorry, I said that. That was not nice. <laughs> That's why. I, brought is, you is that, on that what here? this is all about that, that,
0: that might have been both of us. Actually. You, know <laughs> you know what's crazy about it is Co- that, like, <laughs> listen, if you're a hardcore Stern fan. There's a good chance you might not like what I do. I mean, I'm sure there's some crossover. I'm both. There is. I'm here. There's crossover, <laughs> but this guy's fully entitled to his opinion, and for some reason I let it hurt my feelings cuz I'm a fucking idiot, yeah, and I yeah. couldn't just let it go. So I was well, like, you well, can't
2: control what hurts your feelings. It either hurts your feelings or it doesn't. But it's
0: you you can't you just can't fight with the internet. It is like trying to kick the wind. Oh yeah, and plus
2: that's people's whole point for existence is to, you know, you know, be in their mother's basement and yeah.
0: write mean shit about people online. I just uh I, I guess for me, I just I just I just feel like, well, why would you go out of your way to tag me in that? You obviously that's it's, the, it's, it's that's, that's what I really it's not that they have their opinion. It's that they went out of their way to hurt my feelings. That's that is what gets on my nerves, too. Like you if, wouldn't if do they that said someone, if they
2: said if they didn't say at nerdist and they just said nerdist, <laughs> seriously, it makes it yeah. way better. Like that's just somebody sharing some of one of their opinions with their friends. But when they put your name on it. Then it's a different situation. Because they want you to
0: see yeah, that they I think do you agree. suck.
2: Yeah. Those people should die. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Those people, like I, if I had a button and I could push I could kill all child molesters and those guys all in one fell swoop, I would I would I would consider So that. that's that one button
0: covers a lot. Yeah, a lot of bad people. That a lot is of a- crossover too. That is there's a, a lot, lot of, a lot yeah, of crossover. Yeah, I mind.
2: would say anyone that does that has <laughs> probably at some point molested a child. Or at least thought about it. I'm gonna
0: go out on a limb here. <laughs> yeah. There there is probably some sort of a weird like unseen data point where all the people who do this do this other seemingly unrelated. There's probably some kind of weird freakonomics behind
2: because it is it's it's a very interesting They all like really huge breasted women like Matt. Like oh, Matt. Well, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a no, money no, thing, I guess. They like children. We've already established
1: that. <laughs> they like children, we've already established that. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't get that. What's what's somebody's need to do that? I Rain Wilson gets that you know, Rain Wilson has so many followers, so but it's like you know, I used to sometimes talk about what kind of feedback he gets on his Twitter, and he gets, like, lots of mean shit said to him. Really? Yeah. I strangely do not... I, I used to get tons of mean shit yeah. on my website, like back in the Dawn of the Dead days, when people freaked out that this classic was being remade. But today, I really don't... My it, my percentage of negative stuff is very, very small. I think because in the
0: beginning, it's the, your fan... Like, those the, people fall away. And the then. things
2: that get... Uh, people that get me upset are somebody who's trying to be funny... But they get on my nerves, like the first world problems. Oh right.
0: Or if
2: somebody's arguing with me about something, like the anti-vaccination people or the creationists, or these other
0: things that I like to comment on.
2: Yeah. So it, it's like those things will get me upset. But for the most part, I don't get too many negative comments.
0: That's good. Yeah, I, I think it's like I said. After a period of time, the people who like you stick with you, and the people who don't like you will comment and then go away. Yeah, I
2: mean, what? What's your? You probably get a very small percentage of negative comments, right? It's.
0: It's not a, – it's a small – it is a small percentage because I think right. at this point, you know, the people who hate me went away. I do – there are a couple people that continue to say stuff and I'm just like – you know why? Why would you continue to watch or listen to me if you clearly put the block buttons for? Don't like oh yeah I've I've yeah, had to, I've had to, I've, had to yeah. I've had to use it a couple I've had to use it I've had to use it
1: weirdly satisfactory when oh it feels so good I, like, I love
2: it on Facebook even gone. more it's more fun but I, well, I unfriend <laughs> people that's even better because yeah. then they're not then they're subscribed to my feed. And they, but they're not my friend um, yeah that's uh, it, you know one of the, the interesting things is supposedly it takes 14 compliments to make up for every bad thing somebody says to you oh is that the, yeah. so is that
0: the, the, and, the mental metric and then metric? things
2: become neutral and so and then the 15th compliment then you're a little bit you feel okay and that's you know so if you do I know for me when I do get a negative I don't respond to many things on Twitter I respond to a lot of shit on Facebook but when somebody says something negative that is a time when i'm like hey wait a second and i want to respond and i think it's so unfair to all of the people that are you know asking me questions you. or saying nice things yeah. that i don't respond but there, but I to think, that i want to respond to the dick
0: but there's a certain degree because of because of what we do and because you know you run you run productions and you direct and you produce and you write and i run a small thing and i oversee stuff and we're so in the mode of putting out fires all the time that i think that's part of that mechanism that is, is having to like right. that thing's broken. I have to go fix that thing. Because when things are running smoothly, you know, unfortunately, it you don't always go around and take the time and shake everyone's hand and go, thank you for letting this run smoothly. That you just go, okay, everything's fine over there. I just yeah. have to fix the problem. I would say that that although however, that is
2: something like when you direct a movie, I feel like you also have to be wary of that same thing. Because once a, because there's one thing you realize when you're making a movie with, you know a hundred and however many people working beneath you and so many working parts that there are always fires to be put out. Mm -hmm. So you you need to become aware that those problems are always there, they always exist, and exist with them comfortably so that you can still focus on what's most important to the production, which is like the positive act of doing something creative outside of that and not become involved in just constantly putting out fires because then you've got a movie that isn't, what you want it to be, if that right. makes any
0: sense. Yeah, it does make sense because, the, yeah, because if you're always if you're always putting, it, yeah, exactly. You you still need to be able. You have the have the awareness and the energy to carry out the vision of the thing. Yeah, rather than going in and screwing in all the. Yeah. All the nuts and bolts all the time, and then you lose sight of the overall picture. Yeah, it's,
2: I think everything is like that. It's like I've been in <laughs> I've been in therapy for however many years. And I can always focus on like what's negative in me and try to fix something negative. But in the end of the day, that becomes an almost negative way of living. If I focus on some of the positive attributes of myself and try to strengthen those positive attributes a little bit that actually is just as beneficial or not, if not more beneficial.
0: Well, that's the way, that's that's ultimately the way to do it. I mean, you can, you can look at any situation and because your brain only has the ability to focus on one thing at a time, you can see whatever you want out of that situation. Yeah. And it can be something funny or it can be something negative or it can be something positive or it can be something constructive. Every situation is... basically, it's almost like a choice that we're given. Okay, here's a situation. How do you want to see that situation? And unfortunately, a lot of us will see the negative in that situation first. I think,
2: yeah. I mean, I think it's one of, you know, uh, being an entertainer of any sort, most of us, most of us, almost all of us, have this deep need to be loved and accepted and liked. You know, that's one of the reasons why we want to entertain people. Sure. And so when somebody tells us, something negative, we're getting the exact opposite of what we're sort of secretly looking for. And, you know, that's one of the weird things about any type of fame or celebrity or being in the spotlight is that you realize that when you are in the spotlight, you're suddenly really vulnerable. And a lot of people are saying negative things to you. And that comes with the job. That's a part of it. And I know for me, it took me a long time to like be like, hey, you know, that's you know, especially when you do what I do, which is, like, make movies that are not, are kind of fucked up. They're kind of different. They're kind of violent. They're sex I do stuff with. It's just, like, it's not, I'm an antagonist in certain ways. Yeah. And um, And it's, it's something that you need to get used to because I like anybody else. I was a little kid who just wanted people to like me.
0: Yeah. And then also, uh, uh, I think there's a certain element of, uh, I don't know, I... I when you're given when you're given a situation and you have whatever choice you want to make especially if you're starting to get successful were you raised catholic yeah me too and i think there's something about the catholic message when you're growing up of like of you know don't ever hold your head too high you should yeah. always feel a little bad because you know yeah. At the core of it, man shamed God, and you right. should never. We're
2: bad at the core yeah. because of original don't, sin. Don't don't yes. don't place yeah, yourself
0: yes. up on this pedestal. And so, I think a lot of us seek out negativity, or we're very self-deprecating because we're. we're it's sort of like no 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 no, I'm not special. I'm not special. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit because I think in in a in a in a subtle or maybe not so subtle way because of because of the way that that you know we're brought up that way. I mean, I went to Catholic school, well, and yeah. you know, I was I mean, an altar boy, and, you know. But and, I
2: think that's one of the things, is that we're coming—this <laughs> is like a <laughs> crazy conversation—but anyway, we're coming from a—I mean, because we're we're raised Catholic and we're, we're told we're pieces of shit, we're constantly <laughs> trying to prove to everyone that we're not pieces of shit, but our basic belief is that we're pieces of shit, <laughs> So when somebody says something negative to me on Twitter, it touches I'm like, a nerve. Oh, he knows <laughs> that motherfucker! I gotta get on here and prove to him and myself that I'm not a piece of shit because a jerk off 14 year old <laughs> that lives in Idaho wrote something negative about my movie that says
0: your instead of Y O U R E. You know, I mean, it's just like oh uh, I better really take his opinion to heart i know because the landscape of his life is probably great (laughs) yeah and he knows what he's talking about better than i do because yes again i'm a piece of shit yeah and the even the people that are saying negative shit about
2: us it's like something they're throwing not like we're i'm there's a couple people who seem to be hating me seems to be the center of their lives you know right there's one guy that's posted like six thousand comments or something about me and kevin smith only (laughs) on imdb about how we suck (laughs) and and i think he's you know there's another guy who used to be on wikipedia that every time somebody changed something on wikipedia that guy was in there instantly changing it back to something negative yeah you know there's a couple of people like that those people drive me crazy but i just had to you know i i the result is don't go on wikipedia don't go on imdb i just don't do it yeah um But for the most part, most people that are criticizing me, it's a momentary thought that they have. That's not a big deal. And then it's gone. And then I'm taking it to heart. But, you know, I say shit off the cuff all the time. Of course. And it's
0: it's very easy. And we, I'm sure, are guilty of this as well. Uh, I know. I, I mean, I know I am for sure. It's easy to forget that people that you see... Two dimensionally are actually human beings, Oh yeah. and so it's very easy for you to talk right. shit and go, "Well, that person's a dumb. That person's dumb, and they did this, and they suck because of that." Ugh. And then you forget because you, you, it's, you, it's easy to forget. Like, no, that's that's a person, yeah. and they have feelings, and they're like you, and they're in this sort of weird situation that you really can't quite understand. Yeah,
2: I, I do it too. I mean, I, I do it, and I feel bad because I'll make a joke about a celebrity. I can't tell you the amount of times this has happened, almost eerily where I'll make a joke about a celebrity that's kind of mean, sometimes more than one joke, because it's funny, you know, and I think it's funny. And so then a few days later, I meet that person at a party and have my picture taken with them, and then it's on Twitter, and then everybody knows that I said this thing, and I have to go back and delete it. And it's like they're perfectly nice, sweet people that I didn't really have anything against in the first You're place. You're just trying to be funny. Other than yeah. trying to be funny.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's the worst. You and know? We, we annoy ourselves by – I mean, the th- and the thing that I say to people sometimes on Twitter is if they say something shitty – Then I'll I'll respond to them and go, hey, you know, that was kind of rude. And they'll go, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know. And then I always. always, Yeah, it happens a lot. That's kind of rude. Yeah, I do. Wow, I do. Because because if you come at them, if you attack. So earnest. Then they're just going to be ready to attack back. And so I try to show them the humanity of what they hurt. They hurt my feelings I want to hurt their feelings in return I know that's <laughs> the, I, I believe me I understand that urge but honestly if you want to be treated humanly you have to approach them humanly and I agree. and so I just uh, you know and a lot of times they'll write back and go oh you know I'm sorry I was just having a bad day and I usually respond and go it's nothing I haven't done a million times wow. myself I completely understand it was just a you know off- the cup thing and so you know I can't I can't judge people for doing shitty things sometimes. I can. If I, you know, when I've done it too. See,
2: Chris, you're a person who thinks you're a piece of shit, but you're actually a really nice guy. Uh, No, I'm a piece of shit. My problem is, I think I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm right. (laughs) I look at all the shit I do in life and I go... No, I think it kind of matches with my basic belief about myself. I'm not a great guy. I'm a pretty mean person.
0: I don't know if pieces of shit really are aware that they're pieces of shit, though. And maybe that's the key molecular element of a piece of shit is that it it lacks the self-awareness to know that it's a piece of shit. I don't know. You think? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Does an actual piece of shit... An actual – Well, I think an actual piece of shit is like a sociopath. Those
2: are the people that are the worst. And right. they don't they, – they think they're entitled to everything. So that's part of the – And there, there's associated. no
0: there's no like connection for them to any other part of the they world. They have no
2: compassion for people other than themselves.
0: Yeah. Not even animals. But does that make them a piece of shit or does that just make them – they're just wired in a way – like that's where you start getting into the philosophical – like – do they, if they don't know what they're doing is wrong, are they actually a piece of shit, or are, they just, are their values just aligned differently?
2: I have a hard time with this topic because I my belief is, is that the core, there are evil people in this sure. world. And I, and I say I'm a piece of shit. I really don't think I am. I, th- I think I'm okay, and I do a lot of bad things. I do a lot of good things. But basically, I love people. I care about people. I want to make the world a better place. But I think that there are people out there. When I hear about some of this stuff, I have a friend who is molested as a child in a really awful way by, like, those types of people. Child porn people. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's evil. There's evil
0: out there. That's evil, yeah. You know?
2: And, I, yeah, you could say it's the way they're wired or whatever. I don't give a shit. They're evil, and I want to kill them.
0: Well, especially because, you know, people like that know that they have to operate below the law. And if you have that level of awareness to know that you have to operate at a certain level so you don't get caught because you know that yeah. everyone else will perceive what you're doing is wrong, yeah. uh, then, then then, there is there is a piece of shit element. Yeah. Uh, pieces I, of
2: sh- I mean, yeah, you know, you got to know some pieces of shit. Sure. Some have been on the show before. <laughs> nope, everyone's been amazing <laughs> who's been on the
0: show. Come Although, on, you bad ass. Who's, who's kid, your least favorite
2: guest ever, Chris?
0: I met this one kid named Michael Rosenbaum who... <laughs> In a parking lot once, um, you know what's funny is i I I and I don't know if anyone you don't have to believe people don't have to believe this or not. I've never had someone on the show where I I, I left and I was like that person was an asshole. Like everyone has been not a, even Tom Green, not even Tom Green. Really, Tom Green came in. I wasn't at that one, so I don't know. No, I just heard from Twitter. No, that was that was Twitter. Tom Green came in uh, defensive and doing bits, probably because. A guy like that is used to being attacked by people, and he's used to doing radio. He was not that familiar with our show. And when people are used to doing radio and dealing with kind of like, you know, your run-of-the-mill morning radio personalities where they're constantly digging and taking shots and you kind of have to be on the defensive all the time, they just don't – they don't know what they're getting into. And so for the first 10 minutes of that podcast, he was defensive and he was deflecting, like, you know, sincere conversation and – cracking jokes, but then when he kind of figured out like, okay, we're really just going to talk and no one's attacking anybody, he totally relaxed.
2: Okay, but outside of being pieces of shit, aren't there people that you've interviewed in here who have come in and you're like, I kind of dislike that person. I have like, when I do meetings with, with executives and stuff, about one out of every five guys I'm like, don't like them. Like, just don't like them.
0: No, I, I honestly I, I think a lot of that has to do with um, the first Oh, I don't know, maybe year, year and a half of the podcast. Uh I was bringing on people that I knew or people that I met through friends and if they were friends of friends, they were pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know. I I've, I I can I can say I have not had anyone come on where I was like, eh, fuck that person." I really I really honestly haven't. Wow. Everyone's been everyone's been really cool and most people leave Where they're like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be so fun and relaxed. And this was actually kind of a fun, kind of a fun experience. You know, when I think
2: about it, when I think about all the actors I've worked with over the years, there's only been, you know,
0: a couple that I haven't liked. You know, because the other thing is that because I handpick everyone. So it's not like I work for a company that's saying, like, you have to have this person on. And inside, I feel like they don't really gel with what we're doing. Yeah. Like, there's a sphere of people. And I... I decide like, oh, I think that person would be. I kind of, I think what they do is cool, and they're right. right for the show. Like you wouldn't invite Bob Geldof on because he's a dick, <laughs> or Perry King. It would not.
2: Those are people I. Hate. <laughs> like <clears throat> I'm always like I've almost I've liked almost everybody that I've worked with or run into celebrity-wise. I've had a few people I've worked with a little bit that I, I haven't liked so much, but not enough to ever talk shit about I mean, them. the truth of the matter and is... And then occasionally there's that Bob Gildoff or Perry King who you run across. <laughs> Real jerks.
0: I mean, there, I'm sure there are those people in the world, but but I think we put a pretty positive, comfortable vibe out. And right. so, you know... People have been pretty. They're going to be nice. People. People have been pretty nice. Yeah, and I mean, because we don't. There aren't really any ulterior motives on this show other than just like, hey, I'm just want to talk. Yeah, I just want to talk about stuff and see what you like and hang out for a bit. You know, Uh, it's not. This is not like a hard hitting. It's not like a hard-hitting show. Really,
2: you got me to admit that I'm a piece of shit, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and I masturbate. We <laughs> I pay for my porn,
1: <laughs> and
0: and and got me to admit I just searched for the term "busty." Yeah, <laughs> yep. And I think Matt's a lowbrow, <laughs> and and, 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 we, <laughs> and we use the internet as a tool to satisfy our spoiled desires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, but we both admitted yeah. that. Yeah, um, but uh, no, yeah. For the most part, you know, everyone's everyone's. I've been I've been pretty lucky that way because you know what's fun about having your shows is if someone's a dick you can just be like well fuck you like I, you know like yeah. i don't i don't have to answer to anybody so it doesn't really matter to you know like there's no I, it's not like oh the company's making me right. I really want to why was bob D- geldoff a dick too uh
2: bob geldoff was at uh, a screening we did a screening for scooby-doo uh, two in <laughs> in england um, we had the premiere there, actually, and so I was there along with Matt Lillard and Linda Cardellini and Seth Green and the whole Sarah Michelle Geller, The whole gang were all there, and we had no one this, ever says Freddie Prince. We had this big theater. It, it, Freddie wasn't there. <laughs> um, we had this big theater with a, different theaters taken out um, with different groups of people, and so you know we would run around from room to room to introduce the movie, and. I think Bob Geldof was in the second theater we got to. When we get in there, Matt Lillard, who if you've ever met,
0: is like the fucking sweetest guy in the world, the
2: nicest guy in the world. He's great. He's, and he's an amazing actor too. I, I saw him both in a play this year and in uh, in what do you call it the the uh, about Schmidt guys movie
0: the uh, what's the, about Schmidt two the, 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 getting the Schmidtier George Clooney movie oh the Descendants the Descendants
2: and he's he's like amazing in both those things. And Alexander just, Payne. Alexander Payne. Anyway, whatever. Matt Lillard is the nicest guy in the world. He gets up there, he's ready to introduce the movie, and um, Bob Geldof is sitting there with his daughter at the time, who was younger. I guess. I guess it was Peaches. His daughter at the time. I
0: like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, his daughter. Who, <laughs> yeah, he was with his at the time. He was with his I
2: guess he was a kid at
0: the time. Is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. I think Peaches. I don't know. But anyway, and he starts going, "Start the fucking movie. Ooh. Shut the fuck up. Oh my
0: and god. Start the fucking movie. And you. Probably had to be held back to not jump and uh, kick him in the face. Listen, here, here, like
2: here's the thing. Like, I get, I, I have a very bad temper. My Parrot King story, I almost did get into a fight with, but like, uh, but I, but it was like, it was just so improper. There were so many children there. I mean, Scooby Doo too, it, for Christ's it sake. It was children. The, the movie theater was half children. Yeah, that was the thing. It was like, so I wasn't going to get angry and get into a fight with somebody <laughs> in front of a bunch of
0: kids. You know, the biggest kid was Bob Geldof. Yeah, yeah. Matt Lillard is such a normal sweet. I fucking love that guy. He is a nice guy. I love that. Guy. I got to work on the Scooby Doo cartoon. Oh, where I think two times I got to With be With Linda also. Linda was n- no, Mindy Cohn played uh oh, okay. Velma in okay. the cartoon. Cuz
2: I think Linda's playing her now on the cartoon. Oh, she yeah. is. I believe so, yeah.
0: Linda also super sweet. Seth amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I've heard she's a delight as well. Uh, so I just, uh, should I cut that part out?
2: Um, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Wait.
0: Wait, are filmed? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> You can see someone's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are um, we talking about? Anyway, people. Perry King. But Perry in time. There was a. Anyway. Um, what's your Perry King story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh.
2: Um. It's <laughs> so stupid now. Uh. Perry King. I was going to a party, and I'm standing in line to get into the party. It was a trauma party, so, you know, it was all people I knew. If, if there's big wigs at a trauma party, it's it's me. Stan Lee was right behind me in line. Oh. And Perry King comes up and butts in front of me and Stan Lee <laughs> with his bimbo-looking girlfriend and uh, and I hate line butters. That's why the guy gets <laughs> revenge on them in Super. Oh, with a... F- <laughs> I hate line butters. And he butt in front of me in line, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, seriously, there's a big line here. So could you go over to the back of the line? And we got into, we had to be held back by our girlfriends from getting into a fist fight, which is good because Perry King's not a little guy. I might have
0: lost that fight. Yeah, but it's funny, like, that you shouldn't be able to defend the position of I'm going to cut in front of all these yeah. people. Yeah. You, you should just go, okay, you're right, I'm sorry, I tried a thing, I'll go in the back.
2: Again, it's Perry King butting in front of Stan Lee. I don't, you know, he thought he was so special and important that he got the butt in front of line. And let's also say, this wasn't a line of, like, 50 people. This was a line of, like, 10 people or something just right. going into the party one after the other.
0: What did Stan do the whole time? No, nothing. He's, he's you know. Excel's he's out there. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's back behind me saying, enough said, after everything I said. Perry, I'll rip your goddamn lungs out, you pussy. Stan, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, and then Stan Lee grabbed Perry King's balls and squished them like Gene Hackman did to Michael Rooker. Yes! In ah. uh, uh, Mississippi Burning. It was so awesome.
0: That's a new version of the story. <laughs> I call this the Mississippi Burning. <laughs> Rack. Sonny, right, off. right in the Rookers. Right in the Hackmans. Uh, Lollipop Chainsaw is yep. coming out uh, June. Would you say June twelfth? It comes out June twelfth in the United States and
2: June fifteenth throughout the rest of the world. And actually, June twelfth I think in all of North America, and then uh, June fifteenth in the rest of the world. And it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think that there's a lot of you know. The one great thing about Lollipop Chainsaw, and I think there's a lot of great things about him, is it's, I really, really believe that it's funny throughout the whole thing. I took a lot of time in trying to make the, the, the game funny, yeah. and I just don't think that exists. I just don't know of another game that is funny to me throughout. And, uh, Except for Portal. <laughs> Did you play Portal? Uh, no, I actually You've never played gotta Portal. You've got to play really Portal, do, though. Yeah.
0: You have to play Portal so you can get to Portal 2, because Portal 2. What, yeah. Portal 2 is exactly what you're describing, just in terms of like, it's a genuinely okay, so funny thing.
2: The second is No, no. The second <laughs> funny game. I'm just well, saying. I I'm saying the there's
1: Simpsons game for the Xbox 360 was well, very Well, I know,
2: funny. But, but, but the thing is, making a move. There are other games that are funny, but to make a, a game that's funny and the gameplay is awesome is different. And Portal, I know, is. is
0: yeah. Use uh, well, your suit, Larry. I'm super excited. <laughs> That's Um, right. That's what I thought. Oh my God. I I played Leisure Suit Larry on like a 286. Yeah. In the, you know, 91 or 2, I think. Uh,
2: Yeah, I played it on my calculator watch.
0: It was uh, Leisure Suit Larry. What else I played? King's Quest was another game. Yeah. I played. Uh, Our computer had a turbo function where you could jump it up to 22 megahertz. Wow. It It was 11, but then you could kick a turbo function. And then when you played King's Quest, You just watch him walk faster. Like on the 22, (laughs) you'd bump it up, and then he just walked really fast. By the way, I haven't had any... I I started playing Diablo 3 on the MacBook Air. No problems. Oh, wow. No problems. Have
1: you ever used the Nintendo emulator on your computers? No, no, just the Atari one. The fun thing you can do with that is uh, the emulator will clock the speed down. So it's like you're using a Nintendo processor. Wow. But you can turn that off and use the computer's processing power to play the 8-bit Nintendo game. Oh, <laughs> my God. Boom! Super it's like fast. a rocket. Like yeah. You can just hit the button, and Mario just goes. Wow. It's fascinating. That's fun. It's kind of wow. cool to see. That's really and fun. And it's very hard to play Punch-Out like that.
2: Yeah, you know, the weird thing about video... I, I don't have any... I played all those games as a kid. I don't have any interest in playing, you know, like yeah. when the, you know, people started playing those old Atari games and stuff. There's it's a like certain nostalgia factor that's no, fun, I'm, but I'm then... I'm bored
0: by them. Except for Tetris. But then, yeah, you're, that's true. But then you're like... Uh, but then you kind of go like, "Oh yeah, this really is just a bunch of
2: squares." Yeah, it's
0: like I'm sitting there
2: moving Space Invaders. I thought that was the best game in the world when I was a little kid, and now it's like, "What? In the, how did I ever think Frogger, bad dudes? I don't get it." Like bad dudes, I think these things are great games. I love them, and now it's so boring to me. But Tetris, for some reason, is the one game that is like
0: simple, and I still like. I can still play that. Game. Yeah, Tetris is great. I play that on airplanes all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we should all collectively write a check to that poor uh, Russian guy who designed it who never got any money. He never got money off of that? I don't think so. Wasn't,
1: because, he, wasn't he who Mickey Rourke's character oh, in Iron Man 2 was based on?
0: Oh. <laughs> That's really funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you, did, you did GeForce uh, 100 Greatest Games also. I did, right? yeah. I did too.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, You
2: did? Yeah, yeah. What'd
1: you guys talk about?
2: That was a blast.
1: I talked about uh, Blades of Steel, uh, which is the hockey game for Nintendo that talked. Yeah. I remember that one? Wow. The, uh,. The Sims. I talked about The Sims. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: I talked about a lot of stuff.
0: I probably talked about, like, Joust and Galaga. That's and what
2: he's, actually, he told me that. Somebody told me that that you talked about all old school
0: there stuff. There were a couple that weren't on the list, and I'm like, well, but I'm going to talk about them anyway, because I really loved the... Robotron 2084 was a big game for me, and then all the 2600 games, like Pitfall and Superman and Adventure, yeah. and then... The, and then super mario 3 was very like i spent you know i played that game so many times yeah i
2: actually one thing i'm proud of is i got a game onto the list because they sent me the game of the hundred you know the, the list of the hundred games that yeah. were like the top games and i'm like man i'm like there was a couple games i sent that i'm like like splinter cell i really wanted to be on the list and it's not because i really like that game a lot but i you know i get it there's only 100 games but the one i thought was a huge glaring error was uh mist.
1: Oh, oh mist. The Myst sequel to ribbon and i,
2: and I or was, was, was R- R- Riven with the sequel was the sequel to mist. and i'm like
0: you can't leave mist. That game off completely redefined like what an immersive exactly. three uh, an it environment. It was
2: totally beautiful. It was the first time a video game was kind of seen as art. Yep. Uh, a lot of lost was based on uh those the, puzzle games of of mist. And and it's just it was an
0: amazing game and there was no way that's not in the top one hundred video games. Starship Titanic was like that too. If you ever played that game, no. uh, Starship Titanic was a mist style puzzle game where you're on this you know like Douglas Adams-y, you know um, and it's Michael Palin I think was one of the narrators of it uh, and it and it was just like gorgeous. You were on this kind of steampunk space vessel. That and then um, Zork the Grand Inquisitor was a fucking great game too, and 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 funny yeah. all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, we're almost out of time. What? The, the, the thing's going to run out in forty. S- okay. Yeah, in forty three, forty two, forty one. Oh, you don't have to count. Forty down the whole time. You just wrap it up, maybe. Oh, uh, 30 yeah. 30 no, seconds. I'm trying to psych out the machine. Thirty seconds. I'm counting you down. I know what you're doing, machine. Uh, James Gunn, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you. Go Lollipop Chains, uh, June twelfth. Yes. Enjoy your burrito, you pieces of shit. <laughs> Block your ass. (laughs) That was for Jonah. Jonah should have been here for that. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by GoToMyPC. Visit GoToMyPC.com, click the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code NERDIST.